Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. My name is Michael Swain, the Kansas beat writer for 24-7 Sports. I am joined today by Kevin Flaherty. We've got one heck of a recruiting podcast Coming your way, Lance Leipold, the Kansas Jayhawks are on fire on the recruiting trail. Kevin, you and I were out at KU's prospect camp on Wednesday. I'm clearly a little sunburnt, a little tan. <laughs> take it. We're still in mid-June trying to build the tan. But, Kevin, how have the last week, two weeks treated you since we did our last podcast? Yeah, I've got some red myself from uh, from being out there. It's uh for those who don't know, they do about half of the camp indoors and about half on that Memorial Stadium turf. And that turf is no joke. You know, when you talk about uh, turfs that kind of radiate that heat from both ends or whatever, you uh, you definitely get it there. Yeah, you do. And I mean, again, heat on fire. There are so many things you can say right now oh, about man. Kansas football. Um, transition staff and the way they're recruiting. You know, it's incredible. So we're, we're recording this on Thursday evening. It's crazy how this works, Kevin, because it feels like we're just now kind of closing the door on the first visit weekend. Yep. And here we are sitting here Thursday night and they're already recruits in Lawrence. They're doing meetings. They're going to go to dinner here at six o'clock PM central. And it's just how it works in June, man. It is nonstop recruit, recruit, recruit. And that's exactly what the Kansas football staff has done for those that have missed it or want to too long. Didn't read synopsis. Basically, K went into last weekend um, with a handful of commits. They're going to spread out their committed players coming in for visits over the course of the month of June. This first weekend featured current commits, Red Martell and Isaiah Marshall. And then they were joined by 12 other uncommitted prospects, a loaded visitor list overall, really headlined by Dak Brinkley, a four-star defensive end out of the Houston area, incredible athlete. He's a guy I think we talked a little bit about when we did our recruiting preview for the month. Um, it was also headlined by guys like Michael Boganowski, the local linebacker from Junction City um, out there and kind of around Manhattan-ish. Um, and then you look at the guys that now have committed and you run down the list and KU's landed commitments from Austin Alexander, a four-star cornerback out of Illinois, a three-star cornerback in Jalen Todd commits to Kansas on Wednesday. I've got a a real fun story. I'll tell about that one here in a second. Harry Stewart commits on, I believe he was Tuesday. Tuesday was his day to commit. He's a guy from Texas, a running back. He had first dibs and he took it. And then you look at someone like Harrison Utley, Corey Stewart, both of them announcing their commitments on Sunday. Kevin, you can have first dibs. Pick a, pick a commit. Who are we talking about first? Because each one of these guys has a really interesting story. Really excited to talk about them all. So I'll give you first dibs. Who do you want to talk about? Yeah, you know, I, I actually uh, – uh, I found the Harry Stewart 
commitment really mm-hmm. interesting. And, uh, you know, we talked a lot about running backs in, in sort of our monthly preview. And, you know, if you want to go back and, and listen to that podcast, you know, there's a lot of information on a lot of different guys. And I think the thing I find interesting about that one is the fact that Kansas was having so many running backs coming in. Already got Red Martell committed. Uh, Harry Stewart comes in that, that first weekend along with Red Martell. And then you had other running backs sort of spread out throughout the month. And so Stewart had the first chance to visit, the first chance to commit. I think, you know, if we're being honest about it, Kansas is probably taking two running backs in this class. And so I think Stewart kind of jumped on that last running back spot. He's a a guy that uh, our uh, recruiting analyst, our national guy who's based down in Texas, Gabe Brooks, you know, calls very traitsy because he's got a bigger body. He can add some weight even along to that. He has some speed too. You know, he's run sub 11, you know, hundred meter dashes. Mm-hmm. And, and when you look at, at that and, and you watch the tape and the type of running game that Kansas has, it's easy to see the fit. But I, I think the interesting thing about it, like I said, is just they go into this month, you have one running back committed. You're probably taking to the first running back who visits is, is Harry Stewart a very good player, but Stewart basically said, no, like call the other running backs off. Like I, I'm taking this spot. Yeah. And he knew the situation. I think this is yeah. one of the reasons honesty in recruiting isn't something I think is very common. I think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors deception. I think sometimes recruits can feel lied to. Obviously I think coaching staffs can feel lied to by recruits. It's kind of the game. And Kansas doesn't really do that. They're very, very straightforward with these kids. And Harry Stewart's a great example of that. He told me going into the visit, he knew the deal. He commits on the visit or Kansas moves on. And there are other guys coming in that can take his spot. And he had an idea going in the visit that he wanted to go to Kansas. And then when he visited, he really felt it. Yeah, this is where I want to be. So he commits on Saturday. He doesn't even wait till the kind of exit interview they do on Sunday with Lance Leipold. He committed on Saturday. He felt like it was the place for him. He wanted to be there. And KU gets a really good player. I think that's the thing for me. Like, you look at the ability. Um, I've compared him to Devin Neal. Harry has a good story about it because he said going into the visit, he heard that his his player host was going to be Devin Neal. He looks up Devin Neal's high school tape and is like, oh, wait, I look just like this guy. Devin Neal, on the other hand, knows he's getting Harry Stewart for a visit. He looks at Harry Stewart and says, oh, my God, I'm just like this guy. And so the two of them were able to talk about that at KU on the visit. You know, when Harry Stewart looks at the tape of Kansas, what they do with the running backs, he really likes it. And overall, I mean, you're looking at the official visit photos of him. He's jacked. He's a little bit smaller than Devin probably at this point in time in terms of height, but I think really good physicality, a guy that does have good speed and really interested to see what happens this fall when he has a full senior season without injury. So I think that was a really good one. I think you look at Sunday too, being pretty big in terms of building momentum. Let's start with Ja'Cory Stewart. He was one we talked about, you know, during our month preview. I I love the tape. He's a guy that's got offers to play in four of the five conferences. And you look at overall offers. I think it's something we'll talk about later on, Kevin, but overall offers, right? These guys have a lot more that are visiting right now. And Ja'Cory Stewart's a great example of that. You know, basically, I believe not quite double digit power five offers. I believe he had eight other power five offers in addition to Kansas, but a guy that KU really prioritized. And I think to some degree, 
Okay, you probably wonder why aren't more other Power Five schools wanting a visit from this guy? Maybe it's height. You know, he's six foot. Is that the ideal height some schools want? Maybe, maybe not. Kansas is cool with it. They like the athleticism, the versatility. I think he's a guy that you look at taking a second linebacker in addition to John John Kamara. I, I love what Jacory Stewart brings. Yeah, and Kamara, like we've talked about, he fits that sort of Craig Young, you know, hybrid spot so well. Whereas, you know, Jacory's a guy that that plugs right in. I think he fits in that will spot. You know, I think it is you you watch what Kansas does at the will, and, and it's and it's Jacory Stewart, and you know he's he's a guy that you know he runs pretty well. You like the athleticism, you like you know he's got some bend and move to him, but even beyond that, you know, this is a guy that has no problems coming downhill with with physicality, and when you when you see the way that that he fills gaps in the run game, I, I think that he does fit that role really well. Yeah, I, I really like to overall, right? I think we watched Kansas in the fall last year, especially. You look at the linebacker position outside of Craig Young, not a lot of A level athletes, right? I'd say Tywin Barry Hill's probably a B in terms of overall athleticism. Jagori Stewart's an A minus athlete. He's maybe not quite the level of Jonathan Kamara, but he's still really athletic. You watch the way he moves, I think he really fits that position well. And now you look at Kansas having. A guy in Jacory Stewart who can play in space, right? He had multiple interceptions last year. He can tackle. He's physical. He's got kind of the mindset, too. You talk to him, and, you know, he thinks he's a dog. And I think you just want that in linebackers, right? Guys that just don't care. He gave me a great quote. Kevin, maybe my favorite quote. I sent it to a couple people in the program, and they thought it was pretty funny. Um, I'm talking to him about his practice, and coaches went to go watch him practice from KU. And they were giving him pointers after. And he loved it. He was like, coach me hard. I want to be coached hard. He's like, if I make a mistake, I don't want to hear, oh, man, it's okay. You'll get him next time. Or, oh, well, like, change this and you're okay, man. He wants to get cussed out. And I thought that was hilarious because I don't think there are many guys, many recruits saying, yeah, coach, cuss me out. Like, what? So I thought that was pretty funny. Maybe shed some light on what he's like as a person. Um, I Yeah, I'm just, I think he's one of those that might be a little underrated, right? May not get the highest rating, but. I do like what Kansas is getting in the player. Sure. I mean, and you look at programs that reach the college football playoff. I mean, they're Georgia and I'm not saying Kansas is reaching the college football playoff. I'm I'm just saying you look at Georgia, you look at Alabama last year, you look at Michigan and TCU and not everybody's a four star recruit, even at those programs, you know, they find contributors and guys that, that maybe aren't as highly ranked or, or highly regarded. And, and you need those guys. And, and I, I think Ja'Cory Stewart is a guy that it wouldn't surprise me at all if we're sitting here three years from now saying this is a guy that, you know, is, is outplaying his, his ranking. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he has a chance to be a pretty effective player in Lawrence. Yeah, and I think someone maybe that's got a different temperament to him is probably Harrison yeah. Nutley. A guy that's really smart. I'm not saying Jacory isn't smart. That's not what I mean. But like Ivy League offers a guy that's just sharp. Um, and Harrison Utley decides to commit. And I think this one, you know, I spent a good 20 minutes talking to him at camp yesterday about just everything. And he said, Yeah, I really knew I was gonna go to Kansas. I wanted to take the official visit just to make sure that it's right for me. And he was like, I didn't really mind hiding the fact that I really liked Kansas and I kind of wanted to go to Kansas. And it was one of those deals where he just had to take the official to commit. He announces on Sunday, 
I think he's one you look at him. He's about 6'3", 6'4", about 270 pounds. Like He looks like an offensive lineman in high school. I think rebuilding his body at Kansas will be really fun to watch because you look at him walk around camp, he looks big, but not necessarily big and cut like someone would, like a Mike Ford or Dominic Pooney, these guys that have kind of muscles bulging out. I think he's one that long-term projects, you know, it, it, could he start some games for Kansas? Sure. You know, I, I think he's a guy that's a good addition. You always need more guys that are smart, bring competition to the room, and as a guy that can play multiple positions. And I think that's exactly what Scott Fuchs wants in an offensive lineman. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the most common question I've gotten with how hot Kansas is right now is, mm-hmm. is this sustainable, right? Like, is this something that, you know, it – is it like the Louisianimals class where everything kind of fell apart mm-hmm. or is it like one of those flash in the pan things? And I think Utley is a good example of, of maybe why some of this is sustainable because the reason they're getting Harrison Utley and the reason they're getting some of these guys are the long-term relationships that they're building, right? Like when you, mm-hmm. when people talk about really good recruiters, they talk about the person who can, you know, sell a ketchup, popsicle to a woman in white gloves right like the person who and and we and we've all met those people you know who are really dynamic and everything and i'm not saying that kansas's coaches aren't dynamic but i think that they're the types of people that play well when they're given longer periods of time to establish and build relationships and harrison's a guy Mm -hmm. that they had been recruiting for for quite a while they had a chance to build that relationship and i think when you look at the way that Kansas is going into different areas, whether that's Arizona, where whether that's Michigan, you know, whether that's down into Oklahoma, a lot of the reason they've been able to do that are the relationships that these coaches have formed in those different areas. And I think in this recruiting class, Harrison Utley may be one of the best examples of, hey, they saw a guy they liked, they targeted him, they built that relationship and, and really, you know, they, uh, I, I think both sides pretty much knew everything they could know about the other side by yeah. the time that Harrison committed. Yeah, it's right. I think you're spot on, Kevin, with the relationships, right? This isn't used car salesmen. Yeah. Hey, these Louisiana kids came and had a fun visit together. Like, wouldn't it be funny if we committed to Kansas? Like, this isn't that. This is different, right? Chris Simpson has legit relationships with these guys coming out of Detroit, meaningful relationships. Jordan Peterson does the same thing. All these coaches have that mentality of I'm going to get to know this recruit as a person, and then we can build on football after that. And I think that's exactly what a lot of these recruits say and why Kansas stands out to so many of them is because the coach that's recruiting them is taking the time out to call mom and dad, to talk to them, to see what they say about their son, see what they say about what where they want to see their son go to school, get to know the family, get to know the player, all these things really put Kansas in a position where, you know, to some degree they can kind of outkick their coverage, right? It's it's a six and seven season. In the broad perspective of college football, a six and seven season is okay. But for Kansas, it's so much momentum that that generates that now those relationships, they have a plan. I think we could probably talk about the cornerback position right now because I think this is a great example. You look at what Kansas has done with Austin Alexander and Jalen Todd, and You know, Jacoby Bryant is a lot of things. That's an open-ended way to start this. (laughs) He is a really good ball hawk safety, right? Changes games with that ability. 
is he the most consistent corner? No. And that's probably where some more development will have to come. But thinking about the Kobe Bryant we saw as a freshman playing a ton against Texas, right? Making big plays, but also getting beat. Think about the growth you saw from him last season, where even over the course of last year, you saw growth, right? He became yep. more consistent as the season went along. And then he's an all-Big 12 mention. And I'll tell you what, that is maybe one of the biggest factors in getting some of these cornerbacks right now is Jordan Peterson can go into those official visit meetings with these kids and say, hey, look at Kobe Bryant as a freshman playing against Texas. Look at him playing against Arkansas in the bowl game. Look at the growth that has happened here over the course of two seasons. Now imagine what we can do with you. And that's exactly what I think they're able to do with guys like Austin Alexander and Jalen Todd. And I think we could talk about Austin Alexander first. You know, KU dipping into Chicago, obviously anytime the NCAA tournament comes around, Kevin, right? You look at Chicago and say, yeah, there's a lot of KU alumni there. But it hasn't necessarily been maybe super fruitful of a recruiting ground for Kansas, at least in, in my memory recently. And to get someone from Marion Catholic there in the Chicago area, I think it's huge. It gets another area where you can go in and say, hey, if Austin has success at Kansas, you can point to him. And all of a sudden you've got kind of another benchmark there. And I think the recruitment's fascinating, right, Kevin? When was the last time you heard of a recruit canceling visits to Purdue, Indiana, and their home state school of Illinois to commit to Kansas? Yeah, I mean, when, when Kansas gets a kid from Georgia and Florida – he usually doesn't have a handful of SEC offers, right? Like he's usually yeah. somebody that's that's somewhat overlooked. And I, I think you look at this and Kansas going into Chicago, getting another kid with a handful of Big Ten offers. I don't want to get the exact number wrong, but you're talking about outkicking your coverage after a six and seven season a little bit. And I think there are what, like five kids or so right about, it might be four, it might be six, who have Michigan offers that are committed to Kansas. And, and obviously offers mean different things. You know, that doesn't mean that all those offers were committable. It doesn't mean, you know, that all, all those offers meant they were number one on the board, but when was, when in the past could you look at it and say, Hey, Kansas is looking at guys that Michigan is mm-hmm. looking at is offering. And, and Kansas is doing that coming off of a six and seven, still losing season. Like I, I get that. I, I get that it was a 500 regular season, but you know it, it's still a losing season. And so the momentum that, that they're operating with, the ability to outkick their coverage, and you know you look at, at Alexander, you know being a guy that has that kind of length on tape, you see the the ball hawking ability, the way that he plays the ball in the air, you know it is something that the Kansas hasn't really had in the last decade. If you want to, you know, be honest about it. Like, I mean, even when they've gotten cornerbacks who have been six foot, six one, and you say, hey, that guy looks good out there on the football field, a lot of times they haven't been able to play the ball or, or do things like that. And so I think that's one of the things that stands out about him as a player. But I think even if you take a more macro approach and a more broad worldview or whatever, it's another example of Kansas going into Big Ten country, getting after a guy that had – Big Ten offers, Big Ten interest, all these different things, and convincing him that Kansas was the right spot for him. Exactly, exactly. Now let's talk about Jalen Todd. Because all, I, right, all right, you, you, you have the story, so let's let's skip. I do. Let's get into the story. So Jalen Todd obviously wraps up his visit to Kansas on Sunday, gives the indication he's going to take more visits, and I think Iowa 
for a long time has been considered the school that had the lead. And I think going into the Kansas visit, I think Jalen Todd thought he was going to go to Iowa. And I think to some degree, probably Kansas thought, okay, we're fighting an uphill battle here. And I think this goes to show how good Kansas has gotten here in kind of the third recruiting cycle, second full recruiting cycle for Lance Leipold, where they can get these kids on visits and be behind and then have the kid leave and they're in the lead. And then three days later, the kid's like, actually, I'm done. I want to shut this down. And I think from Jalen's perspective, I've not talked to him, but talking to people that know him, it sounds like he felt like Kansas was home when he was there. And when he left, he felt that. And talking to guys like Isaiah Marshall, who is obviously his high school teammate, helped. And talking to current Kansas players helped. And I think he probably felt like, I'm kind of done. I'm ready to be done with recruiting. This is where I want to go. And I think there probably were people around him saying, hey, man, like, let's take the visit to Iowa. Let's see what's going to happen. Like, just make sure you do your due diligence. And he was like, I'm good. And so Wednesday morning, he calls Chris Simpson. Um, I guess they're in some meeting maybe. And Simpson picks up the phone and Jalen Todd commits. And he, then they go and get Leipold and Jordan Peterson and he commits. And Kevin, when I say the Iowa coaching staff was pissed and didn't know what was going on, <laughs> they didn't. I've seen some messages and it's it's pretty funny. You know, I think college coaches don't believe maybe what's going on at Kansas right now. And look, you know, a long way to signing day, right? A long way to signing day. Kansas has to win games this fall to keep this class together. But what they're doing on the recruiting trail is catching the attention of other college coaching staffs. And I think in addition, like Jalen Todd, where everyone and their uncle thought he was going to go to Iowa and he takes a visit to Kansas, they knock it out of the park with him and his family. And he commits to KU a few days later and cancels a visit to Wisconsin, cancels a visit to Iowa. I mean, it's it's another one of these recruitments where you look at and say the meaningful relationships paid off, right? And this is also why you take early visits, why I think it's smart to have earlier visits in the month of June where you can do this, where you get a kid to feel like it's home, he cancels the other visits. And I just think overall it's a huge addition because you talk about Austin Alexander being really high-quality player. Jalen Todd had over 30 offers. I don't know last time Kansas got to commit with a kid with 30 offers. Has it ever happened? I don't know, but (laughs) I I mean, it's, it's happened before, but it's, it's probably been a while. And, you know, I'm thinking back. I mean, I, I know like Tobin O'Purim had over 30 offers like back in the main Gino days, but like, and and I'm sure, you know, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of somebody, maybe one of the Juco guys or something like that, like during, you know, the, the Juco dream team thing or, or whatever. And I mean, there there were a few guys that were in there, but Opurum's the one that jumps to mind where he could have gone almost anywhere in the country and and chose to go to Kansas and and had offers from all over the place. So, so yeah, it's uh, it doesn't happen that often. No. And Todd, I think really good player too. You look at the wingspan he has. I just think you look at, the two of them and while you're talking Kevin I pulled up this photo of Jalen Todd on the left Jordan Peterson in the middle and Austin Alexander on the right it's a pretty good cornerback class right now and you also have to remember right they've got Andre Gibson committed from Desert Edge and he'll be in on his official visit later this month they've got three corners right now that all had multiple power five offers right I'll run down the list you know you look at um, someone like Andre eight power five offers 
You look at someone like Jalen Todd, 17 power five offers, and then Austin Alexander, 12 power five offers. And so overall right now, Kevin, you're seeing Kansas in their recruiting class catapult all the way up to number, I believe now 34 as of Thursday evening. You know, who knows if they'll finish in the top 35, like long way to signing day. They got a lot of work to do in this class still. But I think just overall the level of quality of prospect they're getting this summer is so much better than last summer. And this is something I wrote about on the website today was just take a look at it, right? On average right now, KU's commits have an average of 13.7 offers and 7.7 power five offers. And this is excluding the Kansas offer. So if you want to say 14.7 and 8.7, you can go back to this time last year and look at the uh, players that were committed to Kansas off of the June official visits. They average 2.8 power five offers and 10 total offers. And then if you want to get cheeky and take away guys like Red Martell and Carson Brune, who both committed early and didn't yep. get more offers as a result of it. KU now with eight commits, considering that would have guys averaging nine power five offers and 16 offers in total. So, I mean, Kevin, overall, like KU as a recruiting entity right now is taking another step. They are in a lot more recruitments of really quality prospects and they're able to get it over the line. I think it's just really impressive overall. You and I were at a, um, a football game a couple years ago and talking to a top prospects parent, and they basically said, and this was an in-state kid, but they basically said, you know, if we decide to stay in-state, we know what the play is. And the play was Kansas State. And the, the implication was basically the door was closed on Kansas. And I think when you look at what Kansas did last year and look at look at all of it. I mean, we can sit here and say six and seven, but first bowl game since 2008. Yeah. College, College game day, day comes to town. You've got three sellouts. You sign Leipold to an extension after the season. You release, if not plans, plans. You know, you at least put into motion facilities upgrades and Memorial Stadium upgrade. There are a lot of different things, I think, that mm -hmm. are factoring into this. And when you when you look at all of that, the door is not closed anymore. I'm not saying that the door is is wide open like it is like if Georgia comes into you know a high school or something like that where the red carpet's rolled out. But if Kansas goes to a high school or they try to get a kid to visit, the door's not shut in their face, right? It's at least mm -hmm. cracked. And the staff is doing a really good job now of getting so many of these guys to campus. And I think once they do, they've had a lot of success sort of churning that into a higher interest level, whether that's taking a guy who is already interested in getting him to commit, whether that's taking a guy who was maybe a little ambivalent in getting him interested. Mm. I think that they, you've really seen the guys that it, they've been able to get to Lawrence have almost all had, you know, positive experiences and, and trended in a positive direction this off season. And, you know, I don't know if that's the right seg now or, or not to say, you know, this was a really big weekend. They've got another pretty good weekend here coming up. Do it again. Like there it is. that's the thing. It, it, it's nonstop. It's nonstop. And I think you want to talk about high level prospects, right? Getting in the door. Yep. You know, Dak Brinkley obviously is one we talked about. And look, 
I don't know if there's a bigger fish for Kansas right now out there than Nick Marsh. And he's going to be on campus this weekend. And he's one from Detroit as well. Chris Simpson is recruiting him. Terry Samuels recruiting him. I mean, everyone at Kansas is recruiting him. Um, (laughs) Even Isaiah Marshall, right, is committing him. Jalen Todd is going to commit or recruit him. Sorry. Like, it's a full-fledged effort to get Nick Marsh to commit to Kansas. And I think right now probably Penn State has the edge, but this is a recruitment Kansas is in. They're in it. They have a shot. And they have a shot this weekend with the official visit. And it's one of those deals where Kansas may not get him. And they there's a probably maybe greater than 50% chance they don't get him. But they're in it. And you get in these recruitments enough, and you'll win some of them. And that's what the game's about. How many of these big-time, high-profile recruitments can you get in? And then can you convert on a handful of them and get some game changers? And it seems like that's kind of been the mindset. KU's going to shoot a shot with Dak Brinkley. They're shooting their shot with Nick Marsh, and they'll see what happens. But they're going to try to get game changers, and they have every opportunity to do that right now. Yeah, and I think, you know, you – it's one of those things that kind of multiplies too, right? Because when you get one, a lot of times Mm -hmm. that causes somebody else to say, huh, like what what am I missing or what do I need to see? And and so – it leads into more. And so it is one of those things that I think can, can give you some momentum and help you trend upwards and and things like that. If you, if you find a way to get a Nick Marsh, does that make, even though they don't even play on the same side of the ball, does that make a Dak Brinkley say, you know what, like Kansas is generating momentum and, you know, Mm. other top, you know, 150 guys, I, I think Nick is, is what, um, top 100 ish like 105 103 something like that in the composite um, yeah yeah in the, in the composite you know you look at guys like that and say oh another talented guy like that is going and you know i i know we we try not to get into the past too much here but there was a a prospect that KU was recruiting one time who was a highly recruited guy and he really wanted to be with somebody else and, and he was an in-state guy and he loved Kansas. And he just said to them, though, I can't be the only one. I can't be the only top guy. Like, show me that somebody else is going to come that we can build something here. And, and mm-hmm. when that didn't happen, he wound up going elsewhere. And I think, you know, this is a, a chance for, for Kansas. You look at, at Austin Alexander having that fourth star in the composite. You bring in Nick Marsh. You get a visit from Dak Brinkley. These are the things that have a tendency sometimes to add up if you can get one or two of those guys. Exactly, exactly. So we'll have to see where things stand this time next week because this time next week they'll be getting ready to do it again for one final time. Um, A lot still to go in this month of June. It is crazy to think, right, that really we're just through one kind of third of it. And this is where the class stands. So I'm fascinated to see where it stands at the end of the month. I think there will be some guys that go into July. I know Deshaun Warner from Desert Edge will make his decision on July 1st. He's supposed to be in Lawrence later this month for his official visit. Kevin, I think that's what we'll do for this podcast. We decide we're not going to make this one an hour long. We decided to hold ourselves back. Um, Any final thoughts? Yeah, any, any final thoughts on the kind of first wave of commitments where Kansas stands just recruiting overall? 
yeah i mean obviously it was a hot start i would highly recommend um to anybody who's uh who's got a vip subscription out there to to read michael's uh piece on where he gives odds on sort of each guy committing on the different guys coming in this weekend because i think it does provide a really nice primer for these guys and, and sometimes those odds as you know you know they're set up by different things you know is kansas filling up on their position are they a top choice guy are they are they a player who's really feeling kansas and there's some really intriguing guys coming in and so i do think you know great start for kansas it does sound like uh this weekend's going to be one to watch as well and so i guess my final thought would be uh be prepared for another weekend and, yeah. and if you want to get prepared for for that weekend go ahead and read michael's piece on on kind of the official visit primer and, and what the odds are for each of those guys to wind up committing to Kansas. Well, thank you, Kevin. And if you're listening to this on Friday or anytime after it, we've got a VIP sale going on 50% off a little bit under $5 a month. You can have a VIP subscription to fog.net that's for the next year. So it'll get you through the rest of recruiting season into fall camp into the season through the K basketball offseason next year, if you're a basketball fan as well. So, Root transfer ooh, portal season. I mean, it's still going on, Kevin. It's still going on. <laughs> things, are happening. things are moving. VIP subscribers know what's going on. Um, so, yeah, thanks to everyone who does subscribe and listen to the podcast. You were also greatly appreciated. So, Kevin, that will do it for this episode of the Fog.net podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a rating and review on iTunes like the video on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching it on YouTube. Thank you as always for listening, and we will talk to you all maybe next week. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I got to play. I'm going to play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.